In the words of Snoop Dogg during his New Year's Eve special, it's a treat when players meet. Welcome to the first edition of the Take Note podcast in the year 2021. I am Ted. I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, Ted. How are you doing? I'm pretty well, thank you. Uh, we've also got here special guest, my wife, Caroline. Hello, Caroline. Hello. Happy New Year. Happy thank New Year, you. Caroline. Happy... No, she was saying it to me. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> glad to have Caroline on the show and show her what it's all about after 105 episodes. Just kind of give her a sense of, uh, of how the podcast runs along and was glad to know that she wanted to uh, join us when she told me a, a ripping good yarn and I thought it should be a what do you got. So let's get into it. Uh, every episode we ask each other, what do you got? So Caroline, what do you got? Well, I got yesterday which was new year's eve we just got back from a road trip so i decided to go out and get some treats some new year's eve treats for ourselves and new year's day treats for the kids this included i had ideas like champagne olives collard greens bacon to have my you know good luck dinner for new year's day uh whole foods was pretty busy i uh Got through. I selected my items very carefully. I got to the. Did you go to the line. Olive Bar? I did. Wow! But they had everything pre-packaged. Nice. So I got some. I forget what they're called. Like Conta Lava or Conta Lara. They're these. Yeah, those are the good salty, ones. Oh, yeah. And I was so excited. Really feel like you should have worn a mask in that grocery store. You know, that's a different, that's a different time. Not a Whole Foods. I, I don't think, I don't think, I, I don't think there's COVID in the Whole Foods. And um, there's an anti-COVID spray there. Wow, we all sound like a bunch of lieutenant governors. So I got to the line and it was kind of busy, like I said. So I was like, I'm just going to chill. There was a mom in front of me with like two little kids. I have two little kids. She had a big cart, and I decided to just chill. And I noticed in the aisle beside me, there was a a man, a tall, well-appointed man, but he was wearing like a green long sleeve shirt and a red short sleeve shirt on top of that, so he kind of looked Christmassy. It was a festive look. And he was like trim and tall, and I just noticed him because he was carrying a single large white cake in his hands for the entire length of the line. A New Year's stoic. Cake. Yep, just standing there, totally still. So I, I was behind the frazzled mom with the kids and she even left at one point to run and get something else. I mean, she was that frazzled. And I was like, you know what? It's okay, I can be here. Um, so I busied myself noticing that John Mackey's book, which is called Conscious Leadership, he's the CEO of Whole Foods, I suppose, was like propped up casually on top of the drink fridge at each checkout line. I was kind of just hanging out and noticing this. And I finally got my place up to the line and everyone's social distancing and it's just an operation. And everything gets checked out. And I was holding my grapefruits at the conveyor belt when a loud alarm started blaring and white lights started blinking. Whoa all around the store, like really loud. But it, you know, I continued as normal and I just thought it's gonna turn off. It's just a, one of those things. It didn't turn off. 
Um, so we'd start check, like she had my stuff all checked out and everything. And then all of a sudden the checkout person said very loudly, all guests must leave the store. All team members must exit immediately. Leave your items behind. Wow. And so I was like, this is happening. The mom and the two kids were still getting out in front of me and kind of blocked my way. And I made a conscious decision to not push the seven-year-old girl in to front not of me. use them as a human bridge over the produce <laughs> section to escape the store. She was just a little girl in a little sweater, and I was like, I'm not going to push her. So I, we kind of moved forward, but it's a, kind of a smaller urban store, I suppose, like everyone, a little smaller. And behind me, an older lady was clutching her grocery bag to her chest, and she hissed, go! <laughs> Into my ear. <laughs> And, um, well, did you go? Was she, taking, was them, was she taking her groceries with her? Yeah, she had like this Ooh, bag, this she, paper bag. She was in apocalypse rules. And wow. I whipped around to acknowledge her insane request. I was like, <laughs> And um, I said, there are children in front of me. <laughs> um, so it took us, but people definitely, it was like a stampede a little bit. Um, so everyone gets outside and we kind of all stood around in a daze. It was pretty cold. and But there were a dozen of us kind of stalwart who decided to linger outside. Because I kind of wanted my stuff. Yeah. Leave so no olive they, behind. I was like, <laughs> I want my champagne. I want my olives. And so then the team members gathered in a far corner of that strip center. Um, and everyone was like masked and... I noticed that like there was no fire truck coming. I'm like, what's happening? So I called Ted and he told me to stay. He was, and as we were hanging out outside, more and more old white people with their reusable bags continued to arrive and turn to us who were already standing out there asking what had happened. And after about 15 minutes, the team members started gathering shopping carts and lining them up in front of the entrances to block us what from coming back in and i heard somebody say something about a bomb sweep <laughs> and um that's how 2020 ended for me wow i decided to leave and i retired to um randall's which is far less desirable grocery so reflecting on it that evening we thought about i i envisioned uh i wasn't there but i envisioned like uh you know Older, kind of hippie-ish guy who's worked there for 15 years. Just looking out across the all the checkout aisles with all this food and bags and stuff just discarding. And just calmly thinking to himself, well, never seen that before. <laughs> and, then they, and then they all just slowly get to work, like disassembling all the various items. I just couldn't help think about the scene that those folks encountered upon coming back inside like every checkout station strewn with abandoned items shopping carts full of groceries abandoned in the aisles were your olives any good in the end did you get any randall's olives i didn't get randall i don't even think they have i yeah I, they don't have olives at randall's no, I, no. I just ended up getting some like <laughs> movie theater popcorn and like terrible substitutes at that point well, it's, it's, Happy New that's Year. how grocery shopping goes in 2020. It's quite a tale. Well, so 
that reminds me of um, one of the great moments in my life when I was uh, in uh, I was in a college history class and the I'm sure I've told this on this on the show before and the teacher's aide was giving the lecture on postmodernism and uh, an alarm went off in the new um, uh, college of like business building. And the alarm sounded like an alarm I had never heard before. You know, it didn't sound like a normal fire alarm Uh or something. Instead, it was like a a pleasing voice telling people that there is a fire. Please exit. There is a fire. A fire alarm, you know. And so I am, uh, I was kind of disappointed that the Whole Foods didn't have like a calming voice telling you that there was a a bomb scare. I don't think this was a fire. Like, we literally were like a block away from a big fire station and they were not coming it was something else very it could have been it could have been scarlett johansson warning you about that bomb though i think that's (laughs) that's adam's point and i agree with it you just when you go to whole foods you don't expect for the quote-unquote team members to be like everybody get out right right (laughs) just the opposite of how they all seem right yeah so yeah, it was just a it was a very 2020 end to 2020. If it was a Trader Joe's, they would have said like, "Oh, have you ever tried getting out before? I think you'll really like it." <laughs> you might want to try to leave. <laughs> what what this does door. what does infinity rings of that big bell mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> the, the 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 craziest part of it was that whenever when they said this, there was just pause when everyone kind of looked at each other was like and leave the uh the only lady that sounded prepared to me was the um the older lady who grabbed her figs to her chest and uh and (laughs) And knew that it was time for her to make a move both the only thing you don't know caroline is how close she was to just shooting at you with the derringer <laughs> in her purse and, and it was also very weird because yeah. everyone clustered together which is an unfamiliar feeling these days but cluster we did survival out there on these mean streets that's right what do you got adam all right so i wrote i took this down from uh lydia davis's book of essays essays one got a green cover i don't know if essays two has a green cover or not luckily my children poured a glass of water on this and many other books uh, about a week ago so it kind of uh they're all out um instead of buried under uh next to the bed anyway uh she wrote about sparrow a poet who protested uh, for days in the lobby of the new yorker uh, because they published bland predictable poetry and um, I read somewhere, I read somewhere else, I was reading about this afterwards, that um, he had a picket sign that said, my poetry is as bad as yours. And um, hmm. the New Yorker eventually bought three of his poems and published one. <laughs> nice. That's fantastic. What do you got, Ted? Uh, jotted this down in my uh, Wilco, John Sterrett. Blue and green foresty edition with a little sheepdog on the back of it that uh, uh, Ryan Sly gave me, actually. Just realized that the term ripstop, as in ripstop fabric, means that the fabric is designed in order to stop it from ripping. Had no idea. Thought it was just some kind of parachute reference to pulling the ripcord, etc. 
I think I told you about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember Caroline telling you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like a rip, it's called rip stop. What that means, guys, (laughs) is that it's meant to stop, stop from ripping. And, you know, the little squares, that's what you think of. But those little squares are there so that it won't rip. It, those squares literally stop You're it from ripping. You're literally telling me what I told you yeah. because our six-year-old son rips all well, of his you, pants. Usually you're not on the podcast this to, is like the, to the take the credit for my... Instead of the Tweety show. <laughs> you try yeah. to politely have a disagreement. Like, um, somehow I discovered that this is true. Yeah. Well, I miss, um, what, what, uh, what's the item that is rip stop that you have? Pants. I have no idea. Our son's pants. Your son's pants are ripped off. All of them, because he rips his pants. Um, What do you got, Carolyn? Well, we took a little road trip that I alluded to earlier out to the hill country. Of Texas. Of Texas. And on the way, I took some notes inside said notebook. Um, I noticed that there was a town in Texas that we passed named Dime Box. (laughs) Nice. Uh, and also we went through the town of Giddings, Texas, which happened to have a, an establishment called D and A testing, D plus A. Not DNA testing. Right. D and A testing. Right. And on the side, it says that, and it says paternity, drug, and alcohol. And then they also had an illustration. It was like one of those signs that's kind of puffy, you know, like colorful and plastic and lit from the inside and had an illustration of a detective character wearing kind of a flasher looking outfit um, (laughs) dark sunglasses and a trench coat and so um d and a testing is out there in giddings texas if you need those services i I just wanted to say them you know the the n of dna it doesn't mean it's not a shortened (laughs) version of and i got it I think we've all got um, and it. Then, I know you got it, but they didn't got it. Okay. And then also I took a note of a really smart idea I think I had, which was that we stopped at Chick-fil-A, which we have down here in Texas. Uh, do you guys have that in Illinois? Oh, yeah. We got it. We don't go. So I was talking to the kids about Chick-fil-A, and I uh, made the funny... We gave up our moral high ground some time ago when mm-hmm. they released a press release. Got We're it. Back on board. <laughs> Gotta eat somewhere. As yep. someone said, if Chick-fil-A was handling the vaccine rollout, we'd all have 17 doses apiece by now. <laughs> they run a tight ship. They do. Gotta eat somewhere. But uh, talking to the kids about Chick-fil-A and the founder, and I decided that the best joke that I could offer was that the founder and CEO of Chick-fil-A is a, a man named Phil yeah. A. Chick. <laughs> <laughs> delights me endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, Caroline's own jokes make her laugh more than anybody else's jokes. That's one of my favorite things about her. I she was laughing wait. about she was laughing about Phil A. Chick for forty five Texas Highway miles. Just... I can't wait till you're allowed to like get out to a bar and tell have have a couple <laughs> drinks, do a little day drinking. Maybe I don't know if they play Jeopardy in the middle of the day there, but that was fun to do in normal times. You go to the bar, mm-hmm. you watch Jeopardy, you have a couple drinks, and uh, I think that joke would go over well. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I have. What do you got, Adam? All right, what do I got? I, okay. 
I was in the coffee shop the other day picking up my to-go coffee, and uh, it was more crowded than usual. And uh, a couple of young ladies, one of whom had a dog in there, and I don't really, I don't really understand how you just bring a dog into the coffee shop, and I can't no. imagine that uh, a lot of people really like that. But you know, this day and age, nobody's going to kick you out. You know, was you're the a dog wearing a mask. The dog was not wearing a mask. I was fine with that. Dog comes up to me. And uh, they didn't really pull a dog away on the leash. You know, they didn't, like, back it up, whatever. Dog comes up to me, and they say, oh, come here, Albert, or whatever. And I said, um, oh, is your come dog here, named? Phil a. Chick. <laughs> come here, Phil A. Chick. Come here, Phil A. Chick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said, that'd be a good name. Chick-fil-A would be a great name for a dog. It would. And, yeah. Um, and I said, uh, is your dog named Albert? And they said, like no Oliver, and I, I said oh after Oliver Einstein, to which one one thank you thank you one fake laugh one no laugh, and I was like this is it this is what I miss from like normal life these sorts of interactions they and then the and then the I think actually it embarrassed the girl whose dog it was because she then admitted to the other one that the dog was named after Oliver and Hannah Montana. Um, they should have just said it was named What's after that? Oliver Einstein. I don't know. I don't know. It's a show for young Wait, people. That's so a good one, For old, for old young people. Clarify a little bit. Mm-hmm. Did they say Albert? The I think they must him? have said Oliver, but I thought they said Al- oh, Albert. Heard. Which, Albert, fantastic name for a dog. I mean, somebody <laughs> should take that, Albert. I think. Yeah, it's a good name for a dog. Uh, I, I, we were talking the other day about... The, the frustration of masks and humor is really muted mm-hmm. in mask mask land there's just it's it's i think the will to be funny is sapped from you and the the subtle nuance of watching adam webb's lips <laughs> uh move in just such a way is lost well and the muffled muffled voice uh doesn't I, help either i have i've always i've been thinking about this I was thinking about this after this happened in the coffee shop, and I've been thinking about it a few times this week. I always have a um, tendency, a bad tendency, towards um, humor by confusion. You know, like it just yeah. mm-hmm. my jokes confuse people, or they're about me faking, pretending that I'm misunderstanding something. And um, yeah, it didn't really work in the before times. And then you put a mask on top of it, and that doesn't help. Well, at least you can blame. It's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Oh, back in the before oh. times, that would have totally landed. That's right. That's right. You just put your arms up to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably did. Yeah. I'm becoming the uh, human shrug emoji. Uh, <laughs> Ted, what do you got? Okay. Uh, so on this on this little trip into the countryside, we did some deer watching in the one evening, which required our six-year-old and eight-year-old to sit very still against their will and stare at these creatures at a distance who were very tuned into uh tuned into us and but we did it we watched a a buck eat some deer corn and a couple does were much more nervous uh do their thing and kids did a good job and afterwards i was asking our six-year-old you know what you think buddy and he said that was pretty peaceful I didn't like that at all. I'm not used to being that peaceful. That was it. Uh, thank you, Caroline, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's it was uh, fun. Happy it sounds New like Year. you guys okay. had a 
great uh, trip to the Hill Country. I'm sure you did have a trip to the Hill Country, but I would be just as equally happy if after this podcast was recorded, if you guys turned to each other and like, do you think, do you think he believed it? Do you think he believed that we actually had a road trip somewhere? Did we, did we get him? <laughs> did we pull it off? That would make me just as happy. <laughs> it's Oliver who's Adam. You're right. the only one who's not in on it. Thanks for having me guys. Bye. Bye. So it is the new year, of course, and uh, Christmas has also come and gone. Was lucky to get some nice, uh, thoughtful gifts from family members that are of interest, hopefully, to listeners of this podcast. So I thought I would mention. Family members are of interest to. I thought I'd mention a few of them. Um, First thing I'm holding in my hand is this very handsome uh, three set of what I believe they're calling memory notebooks from Papier Tigre. Or Tigre, which is a gift from my mom. These are uh, slightly larger than field note size. Uh, little pocket notebooks with these really cool kind of block color covers. And Papier Tigre was one of my favorite pop-ins when I went to Paris last year. I think that was. Uh, so it's really nice to see these old little familiar colors kind of pop up again. Uh, one of them's ruled, and one's dot grid, and the other is uh, blank. And they're called a little memory bit, a little notebooks. Bit, I think so. They've got the word memory on the back. Nice. I see is... they make a memory game. I'm just trying to find them on the uh, yeah. on the website while we talk about them. Interesting. I don't know about the connection to the memory game. Oh, Maybe they make memory is... wrap. They make memory games. They make... Yeah, got it. Cool. Can't find the notebooks, but I believe you. I, I believe that this is a thing that actually exists. <laughs> Thank you. If it doesn't, I'm in serious trouble because I'm holding them. Um, they've got the paper's got a little more of a kind of recycled vibe, a little bit rougher, um, but uh, probably be good for a pencil or a ballpoint pen. But I'm looking forward to using those. Um, let's see. Got some nice pencils. These are a little more on the design side. Pencils from Paper Cup Design. Also from Papier Tigres is a beautiful little uh, gold binder clip, but it's uh, kind of more of like a little frame binder clip as opposed to your black steel, whatever that is. Just uh, another one of the really cool little products that Papier Tigres makes. Some good vibes on that. Um, my wife, who we heard from, got me a copy of Accidentally Wes Anderson, this fantastic book by Wally Koval, uh, that actually has a foreword by Wes Anderson. I was that's pleased to learn. kind of the coolest thing about it. I mean, it's I haven't really seen the neat. book, but that's like a real selling point for me, the fact that he's on board with it too. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I have not read it yet, uh, the foreword. But uh, it's, a, it's a, if you're not familiar, there it's an Instagram account uh, in which... I think folks submitted photographs or somehow there's all these photographs brought together that that somehow had the aesthetic that would befit a Wes Anderson scene or shot or film and, you know, kind of very symmetrical, colorful, sort of retro, timeless, whatever quality you would call that, um, just appearing... Um, just over and over again in points across the world. And I think what distinguished it a little bit is that the the owner of the account, who I, I think is just Koval fella, 
would put a, put time and effort into long captions that describe sort of where the location was, what the history of it was, you know, what bringing more than just oh this is a a snapshot that looks Wes Andersony and actually uh, turning it into an occasion to share uh, insight and interest from places across the world, you know, atten- you know, Romanian baths or a hotel in the middle of you know the Swiss Alps with this particular history and the book has has more of that history in it so it's it's a beautiful um it's a beautiful published work it's got really nice paper it's got a great cover it's got that forward um so it's sort of stationary adjacent or design adjacent very satisfying physical well, it's book it's stationary in that if you wanted to you could rip out the pages and write letters on them and send them to people it's and not, write right over it, the, the art. It's that it's cool enough that you actually would consider a project like that. Yeah. You, I mean, you could you could buy a second copy and use it just just for creating I don't know tertiary pieces of art from it. I have oh, the a Wes cool. Anderson question that I've been thinking about recently, and I wanted to use this opportunity to ask you: How old do you think your children will have to be for you to let them watch the Grand Budapest Hotel? <laughs> I think a good service would be um, creating child-safe edits of your favorite grown-up <laughs> films because you forget about all the parts that are just wildly inappropriate for children, but you still want them to absorb the uh, the general gist, maybe a 20-minute version of all the top scenes. <laughs> my, uh, I'd pay $5 for that. My son and I were watching Empire Strikes Back tonight, and um, uh, there's a stuffed cat sitting on his lap. And uh, I I mentioned laser cats, and uh, Logan <laughs> says, "Dad, there's no such thing as laser cats." And so we paused uh, Empire Strikes Back, and I uh, put on the um, Hater Samberg yep. laser mm-hmm. cat skit, and all mm-hmm. well and good until there's just one point in the middle where they um, uh, they ask Lindsay Lohan to say that she would have sex with both of them. Um, <laughs> That's and, network television. That's right. Yeah, no. And I was just like, oh, this was just cats shooting lasers. You know, there's nothing wrong. It just takes a weird turn. That's all. Oh, you it know? always does. Yeah. Oh, you never, you never know. The the amount of stuff that takes a weird turn. It's just incalculable. There was something. I mean, there is stuff that is literally intended for young children that still manages to take weird turns. Yeah. But I just think who is producing this? That's right. I derailed you. Sorry. You were saying you got a laser cat for Christmas. What else? Yes. <laughs> the The book came with a stuffed cat holding a laser in the package. <laughs> no, uh, the, my my wife uh, got a little add on because uh, she knows her audience. It's a it's a bright pink, sort of, well I should say pastel pink, but bright uh, in its effect. Uh, accidentally wes anderson bic click pen um to accompany the book so that was very charming i want to find out where we can get that pen that's that'll be part of your homework i think all right i'll do some homework uh but it's delightful i've been carrying it around all day it makes me happy every time i pull it out and and use it so thanks to my wife for that christmas gift uh anything of note uh slide down the chimney for old adam this year (laughs) Uh, no, but what, what did I get? I got a great book. Mm, 
I got a great book that I'm forgetting the name of, and I'll find it while we're talking. But um, okay. while while we're on the subject of Paper Tigre, um, it looks like while I was looking for that notebook, I found this thing that I need to get um, called Cash Cash. It's a little thing that you put over your webcam on your computer that slides ah. back and forth with the Paper Tigre logo. And now, I've never great. been one of those, I don't put a tape over my webcam or whatever. I've never, you know, but this thing's just so charming that I think it's like going to be a conversation starter back when, uh, or not back when, in the future when there's anyone around my computer, they'll see this little <laughs> slider thing on it. Um, and, well, that's, and, a, I mean, I've, I've had the thought many times that I should take part in that little exercise, but yeah, there, there's no more charming way you could do so than... Brought to you by the fine folks at Papier Teague. Yep. And um, you know, we were just talking about them at dinner tonight because we've got this big um, planner that we have on our wall that we bought, uh, that I got as a gift last year. Um, you know, a wall size calendar that uh, is kind of like a, has been a joke for the past 10 months. Um, <laughs> and the discussion that we need to take it down, it's got the old dates, but it's we're so used to this huge colorful thing on our wall and yeah. uh, whether we would get something from them again, or we've looked at a few other things. And um, one of the items that we might get that I've always wanted to was the Vignelli calendar. That's just all, uh, that's just huge Helvetica numbers for a calendar. And so mm-hmm. um, I don't know, that's a possibility as well. You've got to buy it from the company that makes it this year. It looks like no longer in stock at the places that typically carry it. Um, I'm not familiar with that, but I'll look it up after the show. The The planner that we had all year was from beloved uh, children's book author Sandra... Boynton? Boynton. Uh, who I, you know, I have always loved her books. You know, her books will keep you sane when you have a tiny child. Um, and the cat, it was actually... We're we're all maybe getting a little old for it, but it was still very charming. So if anybody listening has a has young kids and they want a calendar that's goofy and but has some column, you know, each family member kind of has a column, you know, where you can put kind of person specific activities. Um, so that was our that was our version. I said to I, today we did some kind of post Christmas cleanup, and I said to Caroline she had. She had tossed the calendar into the trash can, and I was like, "Do you, you don't want to? You don't want to save the calendar? I don't know, kind of a memorabilia, whatever thing. Save it for posterity." She was like, uh, "You know, you, first thing you do, you save a calendar. Then you're saving, uh, you know, toenail clippings, and next thing <laughs> you know, you're 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 a complete hoarder. When am I gonna look at an old calendar?" I was like, "Okay, sorry." <laughs> I moved on. <laughs> this it feels like we there should have been a thing where everyone burned their calendars this year. Yeah, at the end of the year, I had I had that thought. It's like this, the spareness of the calendar this year might uh, not exactly inspire right nostalgia and joy. The burning of the calendar. Well, then maybe that's what I did more or less as I crammed it deep down into the trash can with my clenched fist. The other thing, uh, let's see, the, the, the final sort of Christmassy fun thing I got was a copy of uh, Caroline Weaver's uh, Pencils You Should Know book, which is another just absolutely delightful physical object. It's 
it's tall and skinny and it's got diagrams of pencils and pencils everywhere on the cover and uh, pencils, 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 every page a pencil, beautiful photography and bright backgrounds and and more little sort of descriptions of the history of certain pencils and the one that jumped out to us was the miniature rock collection pencil if you've ever this is quoting her if you've ever spent time in a natural history museum gift shop chances are you've seen a miniature rock oh, collection pencil we actually those, yeah yeah we have one of those did you send that to us i don't think so somebody uh, it gave it to us cw box Oh, I don't think ours was. Ours was a bona fide. Maybe my my younger sister might have given it to us actually. But say, oh yeah, it's she gave a, me too. Uh, <laughs> it's a third of the pencil is a little like golf sized pencil, and two thirds of it is a plastic tube filled with little polished stones, and they're very fun. And we have loved ours, and it's so strange and and delightful and so it was really fun to see that as one of the entries in this really handsome book that i look forward to flipping through all probably all year long i'm not one to sit down and read a book like this all the way through in one sitting so i'm sure i will just jump in here there and everywhere uh for a long time to come yeah excited I, about that the the book that i got um we we all give books on christmas eve and the book that I got from my wife is called World of Wonders in Praise of Fireflies, Whale Sharks, and Other Astonishments. It's by, I think, a poet, Amy Nizuku Matatil. Um, and she's written short essays on each of the um, animals that, that um, are featured in the book. And there's drawings in the book. And they each, so far, they each kind of tie to her life in some sort of way. Um, sounds great yeah yeah and i guess it's not just animals the very first one is um a type of tree the type of flower on a tree that rattles i don't have the book with me and i i i, I read it 12 days ago and forgot the name of the the, the mm -hmm. uh the tree but the the sort of pods fall off the leaves fall off and there's pods and there it still rattles when it uh when you shake it on the ground so it's um all sorts of different natural wonders nice it is nice. Well, very cool. Uh, speaking of books, we have a side note planned, which uh, these are our sort of one-off specific topic episodes or, uh, you know, just a little f having fun projects outside of our normally very rigorous uh, podcasting <laughs> framework. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, you and I are, have both read The Mysteries of Pittsburgh by Michael Chabon, which is his first novel uh and when we wanted to talk about it give it a little time to breathe so we are going to do that so we wanted to give uh listeners a heads up in case you wanted to take part uh grab a copy from your local library or a uh a pdf from an undergraduate uh <laughs> that you're acquainted or with a buy a copy from main street books <laughs> in davidson <laughs> north Street's carolina good. indeed you could do that too it's a great idea that's your sister's bookstore <laughs> And uh, and you can follow along. I you know I think um, y you mentioned that it's a, a book that you reread as a as a source of great comfort. For me, it's a book that 
that I had a, a, a sort of a weird relationship with, and I think that continues even in reading it this time around. So for, to me, it's intriguing to talk about for that reason. Yeah, so um, well, we've both we've both read this book at least three times now. So this is at least your second rereading. It's my second or third rereading of it. Yeah. Um, and so I think we'll we'll kind of take a look at it, I think, from that point of view, too how it's yeah. changed in our minds or what we've held on to or what we haven't held on to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, listeners should, they should read the book and then reread the book in anticipation for <laughs> our episode on rereading <laughs> The Mysteries of Pittsburgh. Um, cool. So you wanted to uh, talk about some of your favorite books of this past year. Yeah, I, I made a list. I put it up on Twitter of the books that I ranked like five stars on my Goodreads. And I just wanted to throw them out there because, um, I don't know, I, I wanted to recommend them to our listeners, basically. Um, the first is Art Forum by Cesar Ira. I've written a blog post on him at the, I don't know, in the first few months of the year in his short novels. And we've talked about him a bit. But Art Forum is actually a, maybe their essays, maybe their short stories about his obsessive um, behavior around the magazine Art Forum And there is no book that has more reminded me of myself and my obsessions with magazines and why won't the magazine show up and what's going to be in the next issue of the magazine. And uh, so that book just really, it was like an opportunity for a really smart person to get inside your own brain, just because in some ways our brains are similar and he was getting inside his own. Um, Also cast by uh, Isabel Wilkerson, recommended by both me and Oprah. Um, just an excellent book. Um, the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. I reread that book every year, and uh, I really I just get a great deal from it every year. And I've actually started to think that maybe what I should do is try to read two pages a day instead of one page a day and read it and just to get more of it. I kind of want more of it in my life, even though I've been reading it every day approximately for three years. What happens is at the end of each year, I usually have to catch up. I've fallen a little bit behind. And so I read a lot of it at the end of Build the year. Build that in. Yeah. Build and, that into the year. Well, but I read a lot of it at the end of the year, and I'm like, yes, this is actually the, I want to be reading this much of it at a time. I don't know. Um, Doxology by Nell Zink. I've, I've read a few of her novels. really liked them. This is her most recent. I don't know that it came out this year. It may have been last year. And um, I just think it's fantastic. Um, it's a story of a family across 50 years. And um, a, a very weird family. The Earth Dies Streaming by A.S. Hamra, who was the film critic for N Plus One, and he's now with The Baffler, and he is the best film critic around. He has a really interesting... Uh, he has an interesting way of describing films that is different from uh, how most film critics do it, and some of his, uh, some of his reviews will be uh, only a sentence long. Uh, others will go longer but I really I recommend that book he is a great modern film critic and right now actually even if you just seek out his the work that he's doing right now that isn't in that book he is not reviewing new movies because um, he reviews cinema and it's not cinema if you're watching it at home so I think his most recent essay is on the 25 best movies of the year 2000 um, hmm. but he will not do it. And I heard a great interview on a podcast about arts in, um, 
either Saudi Arabia or the United Arab Emirates, I don't remember, in which, um, you know, he talked about how you can't pause during movies. That's not, or you, you know, it's not cinema if you're watching streaming because you can pause and you're not in control. Both the, it's the filmmaker and the projectionist who need to be in control of time for cinema. And so since then, huh. I've been trying to watch movies without pausing since I'm stuck hmm. at home and can't watch them in theaters. Anyway, I, I find him um, very inspiring and uh, in some ways kind of influential. The hardest job just in the give, world. Just give your ten-year-old the remote and say, right. "All right, you're you're the projectionist for the day. Don't no. let me uh, don't no. let me pause this thing, buddy." <laughs> well, no. Instead, I'm telling him uh, that you guys can't pause because that it's not cinema. I think <laughs> I may I said that. I mean, half joking while we watched Soul last night. <laughs> um, the hardest job in the world by John Dickerson is a really good book that we've uh, talked about a few times. We've talked about the pencils as well. Um, Habnet by Maggie O'Farrell. Is, I think uh, hardest job in the world is the book I I most actively want to read just for my sheer interest in gaining the insight yeah. presented in the book. Yeah, it's um, it really is. It's you know, in a weird way, I think like it's just skewed by Trump because Trump, um, there was so much that was going to be you imagine was going to be in that book about the job of the presidency anyway that now had a really interesting and kind of depressing modern example to compare it to um so i think it's a really interesting book from that point of view because he just inserts himself in everything you know um yeah well and i don't i don't want to read a book about trump but i think that that book is somehow probably without me having read it about him but with a much bigger perspective yeah, to it it as is well. it is um hamnet by maggie o'farrell is a uh, is a very sad historical fiction and that neither of those things are things i normally like but i really liked that book she's a heck of a writer uh, house of glass is a memoir about uh family's experiences during the holocaust which is also the sort of thing that i really don't like but i thought it was a really really smart book and um there's there's like uh, one sentence that explains all maybe two sentences that explains anti-semitism in a way that made me realize that even though I understood what anti-Semitism was, I didn't actually, like, understand it. Um, it very not meaningful book to me. And again, I I don't know. I'm a guy that n- never watched Schindler's List. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon by David Gran. It was the book that um, kind of got me out of not reading when everything went uh, mm-hmm. bad this year. Um, that mm-hmm. was the book that got me going again. Um, Voices from Chernobyl by Svetlana Alexievich. I wrote a blog post on that that you can find on our blog at Take Note at Space. We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Ruffin, I mentioned on the last episode. We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson, a fantastic novel. And um, Stealing Home, of course. You, you mentioned that last week, and I don't think I really got a chance to jump in and say, but that is a book that has really stuck with me as well. Just, mm. it's like... He, he just captures all of these different worlds and brings them into into uh, your your head and they stay there and so well done once again eric nussbaum uh, those are my favorite books that i read last awesome. year fantastic lot to think about super duper um years over hope everyone got through it all right i am sincerely optimistic for the year ahead I uh, hope you are too. I am sincerely optimistic. We'll and, see how uh, long that lasts. You know, we'll just keep on <laughs> chugging. Along. I mean, I, I think one of the things 
that's gotten me through this year is doing this podcast. Um, you know, we haven't always stayed on an amazingly tight schedule, but uh, to have this um, keep moving right along throughout the chaos of so much of the rest of our lives has been a real uh, a real rock for me. So thank you. No, yeah, I agree, for... and I think that uh, it has helped me get through twenty twenty one as well. Like one day, one podcast. I look forward to recording <laughs> again tomorrow i think we've decided that we're going to in order to get through 2021 um, yep, daily we're going to record daily podcasts right yeah that's that's in your uh your daily stoic book that was for the first page right make sure whatever you do you do it once a day <laughs> yeah, that's right <laughs> all right adam well, let's it be do it great again. if you read that if you open that book up and it was like really dumb and you're like adam, adam's this dumb book every day <laughs> He wanted years. to up. He wanted to move jack this up to two a day. <laughs> Let's do it again next week, Adam. What do you think? So next week, tomorrow, either way. Tomorrow. Time. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll talk Bye. to you tomorrow. Uh, check us out on the internet at takenote.space. You can find us on Twitter, twitter.com/slash takenotepod, and take care. <laughs>